No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. It's Tuesday night. Tuesday. Get it? Because you get to choose. You're choosing. <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Election night. Oh, as always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack. Land brand no name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers election broadcast right here on DLO. As always, ladies and gentlemen, so much to get through in so little time. If you'd like to become a full time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com. Hello. Amberlina with the diamond. Happy election night to you too. Well, to you, you, you can't wish me an election night. It's not my election night. It's yours. <laughs> I'm just the kid sitting outside while the party's going on inside. The kid who didn't get an invite. The one who nobody invites to their birthdays and stuff. Just walking past the house, seeing all the, the laughing and the cheering and the balloons and the cake and the extravaganza and the people looting and the burning down of shop fronts and all of that kind of stuff and just thinking, ah, oh, man, if only, I could, if only I could be a part of it. But I'm just watching watching from across the street from my bedroom, doing what we do. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Yes, it is election night, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to come on and stream or not, but I thought, you know what? I'm up. I've got a couple of hours to kill. Why don't we just fucking, why don't we head in? Why don't we kick this pig? Why don't we fuck this chicken and get it done? And at 8 p.m., I'm going to be shuffling out. I'm going to be getting out of here. I'm going to go to bed. But I would like all of you, I would recommend to all of you to give our friend Winning TV a follow at winning uh, dlive.tv slash winning underscore TV. Uh, Phil D'Angelo, who is an election nerd like myself and will be going right through to the bitter end, I imagine. Even if it takes... Phil has got in touch with me privately and, privately and he said, look, Boogs, even if it takes six weeks to get a result, I will stay live on stream without sleeping, without going to the toilet, without eating or drinking for six weeks. He's, he's that committed. And you know, Phil, Phil isn't going to let his people down. You know what I mean? He's a patriot. So Phil will be live streaming until the election is decided. And it could be, you know, I've been hearing 2022. He's that, he's that committed to the cause. Um, I'm, I don't really have a plan for tonight. Of course I have nice things for you. I have presents for you. I have little items, but I haven't planned out the show, so to speak. I will tell you this, though. Um, when I was at work, I was watching... Uh, you know, I was I was flicking through channels, flicking through, um, you know, trying to get the hot goss, the 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 latest talking points from corporate media. Doing what I do because I'm a very bitter and twisted individual. So I was scanning through. I heard the term, no joke. I heard the term "drawn out legal battle" at least two dozen times. 
So I mean, if if you don't think like I I I and I just had uh, I had Neil Cavuto on in the background before. Not that I'm really watching for anything other than you know funny things to show you, but so I had Neil Cavuto on the uh, on before in the background because he is easy to make fun of that fucking tubby piece of shit <laughs> that tubby piece of shit who loves the police state and can't wait to sign up uh unwitting countries and law enforcement agencies to facial recognition software that people can just carry around on their phone and bring up their contacts and basically dox anybody on the street he loves that loves that company we covered it on this show i don't know about a year ago so i had cavuto on in the background and the person he was interviewing i think said that there have already been 200 legal cases filed. <laughs> Believe it or not. There have already been 200 cases filed with courts in a number of different states in preparation for contesting the election results. The election results that nobody has yet. There's, there's already 200 cases... Lawyers are already getting rich on contesting the election results and no official contests have been lodged. Isn't it America? <laughs> You're a very litigious country, aren't you? Jesus. Well, we better get in now. We better file the motion now because we don't want to be waiting eight months from now for them to hear our case. We want to drag it out for eight months. We don't want to be the one that's waiting that long. So, you know, that was my very bold prediction for the election last week on this program. Uh, either way, it's going to be chaos. There are pe People have plans for chaos right now. So very much looking forward to it. Like I said, at 8pm, follow our good friend Phil D'Angelo at winning underscore TV. And he'll be going all the way through. If it takes two or three years, then so be it. He's an absolute patriot and a champion winning TV, ladies and gentlemen. I do have Windows open. I've got Fox open, CNN, CBS. It looks like I'm on missile watch in here, you know? It looks like I'm working at a defense location, a defense installation somewhere in the Arctic Circle looking for missiles flying over our fucking heads so I can call up the White House. I've got that many monitors going with different news feeds. So at the first sign of any kind of meltdown, trust me, you will be the first to know. <laughs> I'm watching very carefully. So don't mind that. The first official counts come in uh, within the, like at the end, the top of the hour, top of the hour, bottom, it's the top of the hour. Mm, radio. Uh, at the top of the hour, the first official counts start coming in. They start trickling in. JJ Stoner, ladies and gentlemen, follow JJ Stoner, dlive.tv slash JJ. My command center is humming too. There's going to be a lot of command center love today, I think. A lot of command center love. And, you know, to be fair, I'm expecting like a very cozy, I'm going to call it a cozy audience today. <laughs> Because everybody and their fucking dog is streaming right now. <laughs> imagine, go, imagine going around looking for election result streams and you hear this voice. Hey, you going? Yeah, hey, you going? Mate, it's all fucking popping off in America, eh? Fucking shit's getting crazy. You know, there's a bunch of fucking lawyers have just signed a bunch of fucking... They've just signed a bunch of fucking legal requests, mate. And they're going to put in these legal requests and they're like basically going to tie up the bloody courts for like two years, mate. Like, what a cunt. So I don't expect a big audience tonight, to be fair. But I do have a couple of items for you 
while we're waiting for a little bit of information to drip feed out. And like I said, I am monitoring other screens just to make sure. And like, I'll be, I'm watching the chat. So if something comes up, you know, if you've got CNN on and something comes up or you've got Fox on and something comes up that you think is of interest, then just let me know in the chat and we'll go, we'll jump straight to it. But I have to show you this first because I was thinking this earlier this morning. I saw Trump uh, give a little speech and a little bit of a presser, a little bit of a doorstop at one of his volunteer stations, like his headquarters in Virginia. JJ Stoner's neck of the woods, beautiful part of the world, God's country. And he was there, he was thanking everybody, you know, thank you for thank you for all your hard work, it's amazing. And the press was asking him questions and his voice was a little croaky. Like it wasn't Alex Jones level, but it was definitely noticeable. Yeah, thank you so much. You know, it's been a, these people have worked tirelessly, these very attractive people behind me here. Kaylee, Kaylee, can you get in the shot, please, sweetheart? Kaylee, we're not paying you to, we're not paying you six figures to stand behind that ugly piece of shit. Come on, get in the shot, Kaylee. People love you, baby. That hot pink, walking around in a hot pink dress. (laughs) Thinking the cameras won't notice. So his voice was a little croaky. And, you know, he made a remark like, oh, you know, if you do as many rallies as I've done in the last few days, the voice can get a little croaky. Because one of the one of the um, the press members, you know, very passively, aggressively asked him, are you feeling okay, sir? Are you feeling fine? I'm sure he's fine. There's no need to ask that. If he was laying down in bed or, like, hobbled over in a corner, then you can ask him, are you okay? But other than that, there's really no need to ask him. Exactly. Ten rallies in two days. Give the fucking guy a break. So he was a little croaky, but then at that moment while I'm watching that, my mind drifts to Joe Biden. Okay. Because Joe Biden hasn't done as much work, but Joe Biden has definitely done more work than Joe Biden would normally do. And I thought to myself, well, we know that, um, you know, Uncle Joe, Joey B, as the kids are calling him, we know that Joe is prone to, how can I put this, the occasional mental lapse. He's bro- he's prone to the occasional fade out from time to time. Not often. I mean, who hasn't forgotten what jacket they're wearing that day? You know what I mean? It happens to everybody. It happens to the best of us, Joe. Don't even worry about it. So I start thinking, well, how's Joe's stamina? Because he's done a lot of work for Joe Biden. And if if Donald Trump's voice is a little croaky, then what what kind of thing is Joe going through? And I think I have the answer for you. Because while I had this, while I was prepping for today's show, and again, I didn't really do a lot of prep. I was just watching a bunch of different streams. I had ROTC on in the background, so I was only listening to half of like the CNN and the Fox News streams anyway, because it was fucking hilarious. (laughs) The ROTC guys today. Absolutely fucking sensational. Free Bingsaloo. <laughs> Christ. Fucking find some shit. So, so I had CNN on in the background and I like I stop I start fading out of um what I was watching and I start fading into this CNN. This is gotta be this has gotta be one of the most bizarre interviews I've ever seen. <laughs> Not just like by a candidate on a you know on the election trail. Not just even from Joe Biden. I mean, like generally speaking, it it was <laughs> I was kind of like I I had to focus on my jaw, my jaw hit the desk at one point. I'm like, huh, what? 
So through the magic of the internet and the good people of Twitter who still allow us to get on there and play a little bit from time to time, they're very generous. Thank you for keeping me safe, Twitter. Thank you for keeping me safe. So through the magic of the internet and Twitter and a couple of people, and I saved a chunk of the video as well, a chunk of this interview. So I thought we would, just in case, I thought we would cast an eye over the man who may be at the end of the day, the next, well, at the the end of the day, the man who may be at the end of 2021, the next president of the United States. So let's kick it off with this one. This is this, this is about the time when I came in and I only hit started hitting record much later. Joe Biden introduces his granddaughter as his deceased son. Let's go. Let's get fucking crazy up in this bitch, huh? What do you say? <laughs> All right, take it away, Joey B. Biden. This is my son, Bo Biden, who a lot of you helped elect to the Senate in Delaware. (laughs) This is my son, Bo Biden. (laughs) In case you weren't familiar with the the Biden family tree, Bo is the dead one. Don't worry, it gets so much better. This is my son, Bo Biden. Uh, a lot of you helped him get elected for the Senate. And you just you just see for a split second the granddaughter kind of look up and go, huh? <laughs> Oh, granddad, you granddad, you're so silly. This is my son, Bo Biden, who a lot of you helped elect to the Senate in Delaware. This is my my granddaughter. Natalie. He nearly said it twice. Did you hear that? Yeah, Bo Bo might have been her dad, but that's not Bo. <laughs> this is my son, Bo Biden. My son, Bo Biden, who a lot of you helped elect to the Senate in Delaware. This is my, my granddaughter, Natalie. Oh, it's not good. It's not good. But trust me, it gets so much better. So this is a portion of the interview. Remember the clip we played yesterday of the Joe Biden rally and I slowed it down and everything like that, where he visibly becomes frustrated with himself that he can't get the words out. Do you remember that? It's a, He does a very old man move. You know, I'm not trying to be ageist here, but that's what old guys do. When they're trying to tell you a story and they don't remember, they kind of bite their lip and close their eyes. I, I, you know, it was around that... And they get they get frustrated with themselves because your brain starts to slow down as you age, you know what I mean? When you go when you go reaching into the file cabinet in your brain, it takes a little longer to get the files out when you get to his age, which is understandable. But it's really noticeable now. And like I said, Joe's stamina here is a question. <laughs> so here's here's just a portion. Here's a snippet of the interview. Like I said, this was probably one of the most bizarre interviews I've ever seen in my life. It's with MSNBC. Well, this is this bit is with MSNBC. The the footage I have is from CNN, so this is perfect. This works out wonderfully. Obviously, they were both there filming the same. Ring the bell ball. and get, get your, your cheese, cheese man. man. Thank you for the sub, Woodchip TV. <laughs> so, 
Let's pick it up here. Of course, he's it's the corporate press, so he's being asked about uh, race, racial issues. How are you going to help heal America? What are you going to do about the white supremacy, Joe? All of the really pertinent questions that are on that's on everybody's lips today. And this is what followed. This is the magic that happened in the aftermath of that. Have a look. I didn't realize this was here. The Reverend Herring, who was one of the five major leaders in the black community when I got started in Wilmington, back when I was a kid, when I started off as a play card. My good luck charm is always go back to where I... Holy shit! Woodchip TV dropping a guinea on us. Thank you so much. Miss everyone. So now let's drink beer and get fat. Couldn't agree more. I'm I'm already way ahead of you on both counts. I started every election I go by. So we're going to go back back by places around swimming pool. And uh, again, and- again with this fucking swimming pool, man. What is it with the swimming pool? How many times is this guy going to reference this fucking swimming pool already? <laughs> like, we must have played at least, I think, four clips of this dude over the last six months talking about this fucking swimming pool. Where the kids would rub his legs the wrong way, where he would... It, it must be... You know how you know how the corporate press only refers to Charlottesville when they talk about, you know, right-wing violence and right-wing terrorism and stuff like that. They only go to Charlottesville. This must be the only time that Joe Biden was in a black neighborhood. Every time he's asked about fucking race and racial issues, he talks about this goddamn swimming pool that he was at for a summer. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, I know a lot about... I know a lot about the black community. I get on well with them. I remember when I was a kid, I was working a lifeguard at a swimming pool. And, you know, there was this bad cat down there named Corn Pop, and everybody knew him. You know, I was working down there as a lifeguard, you see. And so I was down there, and I was working real hard, and the swimming pool's like my good luck charm. I come back to the swimming pool, because that's where I got the kids to rub my legs and the hair on my legs and uh, make the hair go the other way. And, you know, I, re- I really enjoyed, you know, where, you know, having the kids on my lap down at the swimming pool. There was a big African-American community there. I mean, he brought it up in the debate. Do you remember? Do you remember in the debate when he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yep, down in the swimming pool? Because I wanted to do some uh, work because it was an uh, African-American community. <laughs> time after t- time after time. I think it's the only place where Joe has been for more than an hour that contained mostly black people. It's the only time he was there. <laughs> shakes because black people are always at swimming pool. <laughs> I think it was in a black area. Apparently, according to Joe, because we've been tracking his memoirs, apparently, according to Joe, the black people would congregate outside and threaten him with razors. That's what that's what he said, not me. Dangerous cats, dangerous dudes. So again, with this fucking swimming pool. So you know it's going to be a good story because if we start at the swimming pool yet again then, you know, it's, it's always going to end up in a good place. And it was, uh, you know, I the, the leadership of the community. Leadership of the from community. From here, from Riverside all the way up to Prices Run on the east side, was uh, 
overwhelmingly African American, but it all was here, the black here church. Goes, here he goes again, and all oh, the black church. The black church was the heart and soul of the entire movement for people uh-huh. here, yeah. and uh, and so it's uh, and when I started, wait for it, <laughs> wait for it. Off as a kid getting involved, I had a yeah. I had a job with a nice country club kind of pool as a. Country club kind of pool. You know, when I was a kid, I was getting started in the movement, and I had a job at this uh, nice country club kind of pool, and that's why all the blacks like Corn Pop were outside. <laughs> that's why they were standing around out the front, because they weren't allowed in. It was my job to patrol the gates and make sure that none of the uh, corn pops in the area would find their way, find, you know, because they used to make little holes in the fences. And I knew it was them because I would go up to the fences and I'd see the hair that was left on the fence when they got through the fences there. And it was my job to go around and patch them up. We had this kid there named Corn Pop. It was a very nice country pool, country club pool. It gets even better. Trust me, it gets better. As a lifeguard, I wanted to work on the east side because... The east side! I wanted to work on the east side. That's where I met Kamala Harris. She was hanging out with Tupac. Uh, they were smoking joints in her in her college dorm room over there. Of course, back in my day... Of course, back in my day, the likes of Tupac wouldn't have been allowed in there. They wouldn't have been allowed in the pool or the college door. You know, he's got hair on his leg. You rub it, you make it go the other way. It's fantastic. Uh, I knew I played ball with a lot of uh, great black athletes, but... <laughs> yes, 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 you heard it correctly. The swimming pool story has now morphed. Because he's gone from pl- he's gone from being... A lifeguard at a country club swimming pool fighting the likes of Corn Pop to now he was playing. He he actually said playing ball. Big basketball guy, Joe Biden. Did you know that? 50 something years ago. Six, it would No, it would be 60 years ago. 60 years ago, Joe Biden was shooting, exactly shooting hoops with some of America's greatest black athletes while he was employed at the rich white guy country club swimming pool. <laughs> I was I was playing ball with a bunch of black guys. It's fucking unreal. Athletes, but uh, I knew uh, as a lifeguard, Have a listen to this. I wanted to work on the east side. Because, east side. Uh, I knew I played ball with a lot of uh, great black athletes, but uh, I knew... Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know them. They- <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. I, I played I played ball with a lot of great black athletes. I just didn't know them. And back in my day, the hoop was actually made out of a peach bucket. We cut the bottom out of the bucket, 
Well, we didn't do it. We made the blacks do that. We used to say to Corn Pop, hey, Corn Pop, if you want to come here and play ball with some of these amazing black athletes, you got to put some work in. We're not giving away access over here. You know, I take my job very seriously. I want you to stay outside the pool. Playing, playing ball with some tremendous black athletes. I didn't know them. I didn't know them. I mean, we knew each other. We were friends, but I... We were friends, but I didn't, I didn't know them. <laughs> Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. I didn't I didn't know my friends at the time. <laughs> what is happening here? What is going on? This this cannot be happening. This this cannot be happening in the most powerful country on earth. I'm sorry. I refuse to believe it. At any time now, I'm sure I'll wake out, wake up out of some kind of, you know, drug-induced stupor. Holy shit! Holy shit! Woodchip TV dropping a guinea on us. Thank you so much. I gotta continue picking corn. Joe, suck my cob. Oh, too strong. Good work, boss. Thank you so much, Woodchip TV. I'd like to say that Woodchip TV is one of our friends here on the show. I don't know him, but we were friends. <laughs> come on, let's come on, Joe. Like I said, I can't believe that this is happening. Black athletes, but uh, I knew, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know them. They, I mean, we knew each other. We were friends, but I... It's at this point, I would like to draw attention specifically to, I think it's a Secret Service agent standing directly to Joe's left shoulder and the expression on his face. Have a look at that. It's like his eyes are wired open as though he were doing a as though he were doing a dramatic recreation of Clockwork Orange. Look at that. All you need is the Mozart playing or the Beethoven playing in the background. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> He looks terrified. <laughs> he has his eye foggy. His eyes are screaming. <laughs> it looks like he's in one of those terrorist hostage videos. Jesus. Okay, so if you want to follow along with the story, <clears throat> it is a bit of an old man story. He does trail off. Remember, the original question was about race relations. That's where we started here, after he introduced his granddaughter as his dead son. <laughs> Again, I can't believe we're here doing this. Rachel Maddow would be so happy right now. <laughs> so he introduces his granddaughter as his dead son. He's then asked about race relations. He talks about how this church, one of the five biggest preachers, and we would sit down and, uh, uh, you know, talk about things and, I had a job at the swimming pool. It was a very nice swimming pool. It was a country club swimming pool. And I would pay, play ball with some tremendous athletes. Uh, I didn't know them. I mean, we were friends, but, you know, I didn't know them. <laughs> and now, and now the, uh, the interview, ladies and gentlemen, gets 
even better still. I told you, this was one of the most bizarre, insane, erratic interviews that I've ever seen, not just from Joe Biden, but of all time. It is wonderful. I, I didn't know them, man. It was a great education. It was great. like the Green Mile, you know, you see it's, the movie. Lifeguard. I wanted to work. It's, uh, and Listen very carefully. <laughs> when I started off... As a kid getting involved, I had a I had a job at a nice country club kind of pool as a as a lifeguard. I wanted to work on the east side because uh, I knew I played ball with a lot of uh, great black athletes, <laughs> but uh, I knew uh, I knew you know, I didn't know I, I, I didn't know them. They, I mean, we knew each other, we were friends, but I I didn't know. But, them. but I didn't know them. <laughs> and it was a great education. It was like the Green Mile, you know, you see the movie? <laughs> now, now look at the handler. <laughs> now look at the guy standing next to Joe, his expression. <laughs> He's like, oh boy. <laughs> it was it was like the Green Mile. You know the movie, The Green Mile? Wait, you were in prison? <laughs> Did you meet a black guy in prison, Joe? Is that what you're talking? I, can somebody please tell Joe Biden that there is no country club swimming pool in The Green Mile? <laughs> can somebody please tell Joe Biden that as far as I'm aware, now it has been a while since I've seen the, the the Green Mile, but correct me if I'm wrong, I'm happy to be corrected. I don't seem to remember the scene in the Green Mile where the white kid who works at the local country club as a lifeguard ventures out into the black neighbourhoods and plays ball with his black athlete friends. You know, ball as in basketball. Joe's cool like that. He, he You know, he goes to one of those urban basketball courts and plays ball with some tremendous black athletes who are simultaneously both his friends and people he doesn't know. It's just, it's just like the Green Mile. I don't, I don't remember that scene, do you? What am I missing here? <laughs> the Hidden Hand podcast in the chat. So he ran the swimming pool like he was a prison warden. <laughs> I, I, it's a hell of a story, isn't it? We're not even halfway through here. Well, it's like that. You know, you begin to, when you realise... He, so, he sounds like a 19-year-old California stoner. He sounds like a, like a stereotyped dude, bro. Bro. <laughs> Check it out, bro. Man, like, I had this really sweet fucking job, like, down at the country club, man. It's such a good job. Like, I'm a lifeguard at the pool. I really just walk around, look at the titties all day, man. Like, nobody's drowning there. They don't even swim in that motherfucker, you know? So, like, I'm just getting high. I'm just burning up some doobies in the shed, man. And, like, there's this fucking guy, like, who hangs around there. His name's Corn Pop. And I remember, man, like, one day I was just fucking smoking so much weed, and I went out there. And, like, we, I was playing ball with these bunch of guys. Like, I was friends with them, but I didn't really know them, if you know what I mean, if you know what I'm saying. Like, like we were friends, but we didn't know each other and shit like that. I mean, it was like, it's like, dude, have you ever seen The Green Mile? You ever seen that movie, like, The Fucking Green Mile? It was, it was like that. It was like, it was like The Green Mile, bro. 
I, I don't know if Joe Biden is, and this could change my whole perception of him. This could change my whole perception of his ability to do the job. I don't know if Joe Biden is going legitimately senile or he's just high all the time. Think about it. Iceman double four double three with the diamond secret service guy can't wait to get away from him. I know, but unfortunately, it's his job, isn't it? He has to stay. He has to remain. It's just like the Green Mile. Remember that? You know that movie, The Green Mile? It's just like that. Great black athletes, but uh, I knew. Uh, you know. <laughs> Follow Q. Next, he's going to start talking about Boys in the Hood movie. How many black movies can he reference in his story about working at the swimming pool? <laughs> And, you know, so after I was working at the uh, swimming pool, I got a summer job teaching as a, uh, a replacement teacher, as a substitute teacher. And, you know, at the time, women weren't really accepted in the roles. You had to prove yourself. And they sent me out to this, to this school, which was full of, you know, underprivileged minority students who were struggling. And they gave me the assignment. If you look, Joe, if you can turn them around, you can do anything in this Coffee Talk with Sandra with the diamond. What's up? So I went down there. And uh, this is my son, my dead son, Bo. And my name's Michelle Pfeiffer. No, I, I, I didn't know them. They, I mean, we knew each other. We were friends, but I, I didn't know them. OC Mike, OC Mike saying exit polls showing economy number one issue. Good for Trump. It is good for Trump's. Where the, where, which exit polls, though? So East Coast. It's going to be Florida, right? Florida, I assume. I'm not even worried about Florida. I never was. If I was a Trump supporter, I'm not worried about Florida. I'm I'm definitely concerned with what's happening in Pennsylvania, though. That's that's the key. It's all about all roads go through Pennsylvania on this occasion, I think. In my opinion, my humble opinion. But anyway, let's get back to this this really good story. It's a great education. It was like the Green Mile. It's like the you Green know, Mile? Seen the movie? Seen the movie? Well, it's like that. You know, you begin to, when you realize that the people I've known for a long time that, uh, you know, didn't, they lived in the middle of a city and a county that was white and they didn't know anybody. I mean, it's just like the Green Mile. Coming this summer. <laughs> Coming this summer. The story of a lifeguard and his effort to change the lives of black athletes in the inner city. Joe Biden. That big black bald dude. Tom Hanks. The Green Mile. Doesn't sound anything like the Green Mile. But we'll run with it because... We'll run with it because it's Joe Biden. Not one fucking reporter there said, Joe, I've seen the Green Mile. What the fuck are you talking about? Not one. Out of respect for the movie makers, out of respect for Hollywood. I mean, they knew, but they didn't know anybody. And it was a real education for me. I, I, I'm not being melodramatic. I mean, it really was. And uh, I think I've told a couple of you, the, the guys who, and there were men, who were all the lifeguards at that time. The guys. There was a lifeguard at the time. So now we're talking about the other lifeguards. Exactly. Jennifer Briggs. This is like when your grandpa traps you in a story and you've got to get to work. 
There's no end. He doesn't give you a chance to get out of the story. And I know it's a bit of a stereotype, but old people tend to do that. Their stories just lead into new stories. The story has there is no there's no conceivable reason for the story to start in the first place, and there's no possibility of it ever ending until they die. That's it. That's the only time that the story comes to a close. You can put a full stop on it. Like, wow, that was a hell of a story. Again, he was asked about racial issues. He's playing basketball with athletes who are his friends, but he doesn't know who they are. It's like the Green Mile movie. He's all over the place. So exactly. So I tied an onion to my belt, which was the style at the time. I can do you one better than onions. I've got two words for you, Foggy. Jerry can. We're going to get to that. The jerry can part of the story. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, Christy Christy. They're relatively well-known athletes who they hired. So they were relatively well-known. They were friends, but he didn't know them. This is going well, isn't it? This is going fantastically well, Joe. And, uh, you know, there were people, they all the 13 lifeguards I worked with, all of them became really successful in their lives. Okay. And now, this is the part where, like, this video cuts off, but my video, which I have here, I think this is where it comes in, and I'll just see if I can bring it up. There we, here we go. Right. So I grabbed this earlier. So as you can see, this is the CNN feed. Let's pick up the story. And, uh, but it was interesting that uh, we'd sit and talk, and they'd ask me questions that stunned me that were asked. Like, I think I've told you before, you know, Jamie asked me, do you have a jerry can, meaning a five-gallon can for gasoline? Did you, did you notice one of his Secret Service guys walks away at this point? He's like, don't worry, don't worry. The eagle is going to be in the nest for a while. Go and stretch your legs, Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so I was working down there with the 13 other lifeguards and, uh, you know, there was some tremendous black athletes. I didn't know them, but they were friends of mine. And, you know, I we would have conversation. We'd talk to each other. Because that's what friends do, you see. And we would be talking. And I remember Jamie said to me one day, he said, have you got a jerry can? Now, jerry can used to be one of the things that you would uh, put gasoline in. That's what we used to use back in those days. And in those days, uh, I used to work at the swimming pool. I was a lifeguard at the pool. It was a very nice pool. It was a country club pool. You, you kids probably wouldn't know a good country club pool if you saw one, would you? You ever been to a country club, son? <laughs> They were very nice back in the day. And I remember I was very important down there. I was doing some important work, and that's a five that's a five-gallon can. It's a five-gallon can that you put gasoline into. That's what they refer to as a jerry can. Now jerry cans were very popular back in those days. You see, back in those days, they weren't in many petrol stations. It's just He he is Abraham Simpson. And I mean, if this guy wins, <laughs> it'll be comedy gold if he wins. But Jesus, can you imagine this? Can you can you imagine this at like you know, giving a UN fucking address? Imagine 
Imagine halfway through his UN address, you know, trailing out. You know, you get a very good, uh, get a very good room here. Reminds me of a time when I was a younger man and I was uh, working as a lifeguard at the local country club. Oh, here we go. Here goes Joe. Here he goes again. <laughs> it's fucking unbelievable. It's just like the Green Mile. You know, Jamie asked me. Jamie you asked me. You have a jerry can. You have a jerry can. Five gallon can for gasoline. I said, no, what do you need a jerry can for? I'm going to go see my grandmother. I said, what she needed for her? Oil burn or something? I said, no. She lives in North Carolina. I can't stop in any gas stations. We can't stop. <laughs> Gotta have my. I mean, things. No, my grandmother would, uh, she was living in North Carolina at the time. What does she need it for her oil burner? Now your kids probably haven't seen an oil burner. That's a thing that you put the oil in and it makes the light. You see, because back in those days, uh, you didn't really have a lot of electricity. You know, I know your kids now, you got the uh, electricity everywhere. Like they had it at the uh, country club. It's like the Green Mile. There's a lot of electricity in the Green Mile. You know, I remember the scene there in the Green Mile after the, uh, after the boys have been playing basketball on the urban court and they go for a quick dip. And they're talking about how much electricity they can uh, feed into the room there. Gotta have electricity. You remember the Green Mile? Remember that? It was like that. It's like that that were sort of eye-opening for me. Do you think they're better now? Well, I think they're better now. I know they're better now. And you see things happening. Finally, another question. <laughs> so a follow-up question. Uh, the follow-up question is not, tell me more about the pool. Thank fuck. The, the follow-up question the is... and get, get your, your cheese, man. Thank you for the gifted sub, Christy Christy. The follow-up question is, do you think things are better now? I mean, things like that that were sort of eye-opening for me. Do you think things are better now or worse? Well, I think they're better now. I know they're better now. And you see things happening here that are, that are changing the way in which people interact. There's a lot more. I got involved running for the county council because well, we, I thought it was unfair that there was redlining in the county. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea what he's talking about. I mean, I'm, I'm not bad at this kind of thing. Like, I'm pretty good at reading between the lines and picking up on subtexts and little cues and, you know, the little rhetorical tricks that people use when they write things and do speeches and stuff like that. I'm not bad at it. I have no idea what he's talking about. None. Zero. Zilch. Bubkus. Bagel. Duck egg. Nothing. I am a blank. I'm a blank. I'm a blank canvas. And Joe's just there whacking away at me with fucking paintbrushes. I've got no idea what he's painting. <laughs> Iceman, Joe doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Ring the How bell can anybody and get else? your cheese, man. Thank you for the gifted sub. Christy Christy, very generous. People weren't able to move. That's changed a lot. And uh, so the whole range of things have changed. But there's still a great need. But what's happening is that there's people who are... Uh, um... And that's where he gets distracted by somebody across the street. Oh, it's going well, isn't it? You know, 
So I was a lifeguard at the pool, and uh, it was a very nice country club pool, and there was some black kids down there. You know, I played ball with uh, some tremendous athletes. Uh, we were friends. I didn't really know them, but we were friends. And, uh, oh, look over there. Look at that. Hey, how you doing? Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the gifted sub, Christy Christy. Very generous. You know, it's a bit like the Green Mile over there. You ever seen the Green Mile? It's just like that. There's people who are in a position that they're getting engaged now. And getting engaged it's, uh, now. And it's mainly, like I said, uh, you know, when you had guys like Reverend Herring, we used was that a pick? Was that a pick of the nose? Now, be honest here. I know most people are going to want to say it's a pick because it's concealed by the mask. You're going to want to say it's a pick. Do you think it's the pick or do you think it's the outer edge of the nostril? Do you think it's on the outside? Do you think it's a scratch or a pick? Have a look. are in a position that we're getting engaged now. And it's, uh, and it's mainly, like I said, uh, you know... When Let's put that up on the big screen. That's not the big screen. What the hell are we doing here? How about this one? There you go. Most, most people are saying it's a pick. Kitty B, he is an old man. That was a pick. <laughs> Bill Holmes in the chat. It's a long reach into the nostril. <laughs> he was digging deep, wasn't he? Mining for gold. It's a pick. People are like, it's mostly pickers in the audience here. First knuckle. <laughs> I told, like I said, if you if you missed the first, if you we've been talking about this what five minutes of interview for about forty minutes now. Scott Vogler in the chat with the diamond. Thank you so much, Scott. Bo uh, Boogie Pick and Joe for Boogie Stand Museum of Art. Isn't it wonderful? If if you've missed like the first part of the show, you need to go back and watch the replay or check it out when I put it up on Bitshoot. If Bet if Bitshoot ever comes back online, who knows. <laughs> But there will be a replay. Watch on Periscope or something. We've been talking about this five-minute interview for, what, 40 minutes now? Because, <laughs> like I said, it is legit, hand-on-heart, open, honest reaction here. It was the most bizarre interview I have ever seen from anybody, anytime. And watching it live, I was just like, uh, What? What the hell? It's like the, it's the Green Mile. I played basketball with black athletes who were friends, but I didn't know who they are. This all stems for some reason from the story that he was a lifeguard at the country club fucking swimming pool. It is insanity. And I love it so, so much. It made me so happy. We've only got a little bit. We only got a little bit more to go here. Let's keep rolling. Yeah, guys like Reverend Herring, we used to go, I'd go to Mass and then go down and sit in his church. Now we're in church. And we talk about... We, we've, gone, we've gone from the country club swimming pool to the basketball courts of the urban centres with the black athletes who are friends and I don't know who they are, to the green mile, to the pick, to the church. 
Are you keeping up at home? Are you keeping notes? A plan about what we're going to do. Again, this was today. <laughs> in a movie theater, we're gonna march for something. I mean, we're gonna say desegregate the uh, movie theater. <laughs> you know, I sit down there in a church and we talk about things like, uh, you know, uh, desegregating the movie theaters. <laughs> Fucking. Bullshit, Joe. Bullshit, mate. <laughs> the fucking balls on this guy. <laughs> it was like the Green Mile. Remember the Green Mile? It was just like that. Remember that Remember that scene in the Green Mile where the uh, politician picks his nose and then desegregates the movie theatre? Don't you remember that? I remember that. It was right after the part where the kid who works as a lifeguard at the white person country club picked a fight with the local gangster named Corn Pop, who was outside, never inside. Yeah, it was in the Green Mile. Tom Hanks was there. That Creole guy was there. And then <laughs> Foggy, and then Rosa Parks walked in. <laughs> We went down to the movie theater and Martin Luther King was down there. And I said to Martin Luther King, I said, Mr. King, why don't you let me rub those legs? <laughs> why don't you let me rub those legs and make the hairs go the other way? Philly Fanatic in the chat says, Biden will win. Keep laughing. I I, I imagine I will. <laughs> if, this is, if this is your president, I will definitely keep laughing. Thank you, Philly. I don't need an invitation, son. God, I almost hope he wins, you idiot. <laughs> Some might say that what a clown. I'll see you in hell. hell. Why would I want this to end? But I just, just like a Joe Biden story, I want the Joe Biden political career to never end. I am my He's absolute comedy gold. More stories like this at the UN, please. Uncle Joe, <laughs> Bill in the chat says, Uncle Joe, tell me a bedtime story. You won't be getting any sleep. You'll be up all night. Deep inside. And my horn strings are pulling like the tide. It's so good. All right, let's finish up this story. I can't believe it's, it. It does have an ending, believe it or not. And by the way, I'm not making myself out to be something special. It was just a lot. Oh, don't, don't sell yourself short, Joe. It's like, I'm not making myself out to be something special. Let's be fair here. He was a kid who worked at a country club who was playing basketball with super black athletes who were his friends and didn't know who they were, who went to church, picked his nose, and then marched in the streets to desegregate the movie cinemas. And he's here pretending like I didn't do anything special. That's a Forrest Gump type story. Mind you, it wasn't anything special. I did all this before fucking lunchtime. I solved the civil rights movement before I even sat down for breakfast. That's what. That's how special it was.
hidden hand with the best comment so far of the day. I wonder if it's true? <laughs> Question mark. Uh, folks my age got engaged and that's how I got engaged. Yeah. What do you, what do you know about America? Yeah, what do you got engaged. That you didn't know in 1972 or 1988 or 2008. I mean, just looking back over the course of your career and the moment you're at right now. Well, I mean, there's a whole lot. Hopefully, uh, you know, with age comes a little bit of wisdom. Um, and- <laughs> it's true. With age does come wisdom. And then senality follows very closely behind. And uh, what I know... Just just like the Green Mile. Oh, is it hadn't changed is my absolute belief in the American people. You give them an even shot, they can do anything. Even shot. I and mean, they really can. What do you think about President Trump claims victory tonight and it's not clear that he won? What's your plan for that? Probably right. Via tweet or otherwise? Because we know on our reporting at Axios that that's what he plans to do. Well, look, um, like I said, you've heard me use the line today several times. Presidents can't determine the, what votes counted or not counted. And, uh, you know, voters determine who's president. This isn't going to, no, no matter what he does, no matter what he says, the votes are going to be counted. Do you feel a responsibility to respond, though? Or say no, no, I don't. They're already calling um, races, by the way. Let's have a look here. I'll bring this one up. They've already got Biden at 16 and Trump at 8. All right, let me see if I can get a screen up here. So there you go. There's the wonderful stylings of Joe Biden. And like I said, one of the most beautiful, bizarre, incoherent, insane, yet couldn't look away interviews that I have ever seen in my entire life from anybody. Joe Biden, you absolute bloody ripper, mate. What what a champion. What a man. What a day. All right, let's let's check in with CNN here, see what they're up to. 54.3, let's just go back and take a look. 57.8. So again, another county where right now the president is a little underperforming. It's early, we don't know if that holds, but that's what you're going to watch throughout the night, especially in a state that is always as close as Florida. If the president is underperforming where he is, where his vote, the question then becomes, can the Democrats overperform? Can Joe Biden overperform Hillary Clinton? Where's the trade-off in the math? That's what we'll see as we get more votes in Florida. Let's just pop out and see what we have. Again, go back in time. I'm just going to highlight this for us. Then we'll go back in time to 2016 and we see, you know, nothing. you see the, the blue here. We don't have those votes yet. So if you come in here, this is red as it was four years ago. Let's bring it out to see. Lake County, let me get this out of the way so it's not distracting, 55 to 44, that's where it is now, 59, 60. I mean, so again, there's three counties we've looked at. Where the president- None of this is really going to matter for a while. Oh, it's CNN. Of course it's CNN because I'm, I'm waiting for that moment, that magical moment. I'm rambling again. Sinister Charlie. Four years ago, what is your plan? <laughs> what is your plan? <laughs> I don't have a plan. What you do when you're doing a little election CSI? In a state like Florida. Thank you for the donation. More votes, Wolf. We need more votes. We start to see some Democratic votes down here. Uh, The Trump campaign has been optimistic. It will cut in. Miami-Dade, you know it well. Look at the totals here. Oh, you mean Joe's plan? Hillary Clinton. Well, Joe's plan clearly is to get a job at the local swimming pool. Just like in uh, the Green Mile. Just like in the Green Mile well in those three southern Florida counties in order to win this election. We're talking about Miami-Dade, 
you know, a Palm Beach County and, and Broward County. Miami, Broward, Palm Beach. You pull them out and you look at them. Now, it's I a, was watching, um, I saw an interview before with Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, and he looked happy as a dog with 10 dicks to lick. See you later, Andrew Jackson. Thank you for joining us. He looked happy as a dog with 10 dicks to lick because he was like, um, you know, the the Democrats had an advantage of 110,000, I think was the number. Major Tom tweeted about it earlier. Uh, the Democrats had an advantage of about 110,000 uh, in registrations or whatever it was. And we have now, or er, was it early ballot counting or whatever? And then we've now surpassed that. And now the Republicans are in front by 150,000. And that was by like 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning. And Rod, Ron DeSantis just had a big smile on his face. Now, they can't, he can't say too much. Even if he knows, like, even if he's got really good info, you know, because I tweeted out earlier something like, it's weird because the Joe Biden campaign has come out and said, we don't need Pennsylvania to win, right? We don't, we don't need Pennsylvania. Fuck Pennsylvania. It doesn't make any difference. But then Trump repeatedly didn't mention Pennsylvania, which it was, it was you know, stark in its obviousness, right? He was like, no, no, Arizona, Florida. We're doing very well in Florida. We're doing very well in Arizona, doing very well in Georgia and North Carolina. But the one state that he repeatedly ignored was Pennsylvania. <clears throat> and then one of the reporters asked him, how, how do you think you're going in Pennsylvania? And he said, well, we, we have to wait and see what's happening in Pennsylvania, but I can tell you we're doing very well in Florida, right? We're doing very well in Arizona. So I, I found it interesting that the Biden campaign is saying, we don't need Pennsylvania. Who cares about Pennsylvania? And then Donald Trump is doing everything he can to avoid Pennsylvania because you know Trump. You know that if he was confident in Pennsylvania, he would be saying so. That's why I thought it was interesting that he didn't mention it. The only thing I can come up with, and it's, it could be wrong, it's probably wrong, but this is just, you know, kind of how I balanced it out. And, I, like, I'm open to, you know, correction. That's fine. But the way that they were both not addressing Pennsylvania seemed to me like it's really close and neither side wants to make a statement for fear of encouraging the other side of... Uh, creating a surge on the voting booths. You know what I mean? Because here's the thing, right? Late messaging in 2016 really didn't matter that much because the lines were so long, right? You had, you, this time you've had so many mail-in votes, so many mail-in ballots. A lot of the people that I'm watching are reporting that there's really not a big wait. There's not a big line out the front of any of these polling places. So that means, and they, they were talking about like 60% turnout, which would be huge, right? But that still means 40% of eligible voters, right? 60% turnout is still only just half, even though it's a lot. So I wonder if both sides were avoiding the Pennsylvania thing because they don't want to incite the other side into surging on the ballots, on surging on the ballot boxes. It probably doesn't really matter now because there's only 50 minutes left before Pennsylvania closes, I think. Unless it closes at 9, which it might. But I think it's 8 o'clock for Pennsylvania. 
So it probably doesn't matter too much now. But earlier this morning at about 10 a.m. East Coast time, I found it really stark that they were both like, "Uh, don't want to touch it. Don't want to talk about it. Just leave it alone. Which again, just feeds into our theory here on this program that Pennsylvania is going to be like the, the big shebang. Pennsylvania is going to be the big fucking cheese in this election. And they've all been setting it up and queuing it up. So, I don't know. Uh, let's check in with Fox here. We've got Brit Hume. Brit Hume looking, know, again, Brit like Hume looking as energetic as always. The national popular vote, but Trump, uh, President Trump figures out a way to win the Electoral College and piecing together these battleground states to Which 270. Is, and that's a very So they've called Kentucky already. Um, shout out to my friends on Phil's stream, which you can watch after this program, winning TV, dlive.tv slash winning underscore TV, who were very, very confident in calling Virginia for Donald Trump last week. And I laughed and I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. (laughs) They've already said, oh no, Virginia's Democrat. Okay. That's over. (laughs) So that 446... That 446 score seems an earth away now already, and we're 10 minutes into the count. How do you count. keep score in this, in this contest? You keep score by electoral votes, and those are done state by state. That's how it's always been. All right, gentlemen, minutes from now, polls closing in battleground states of Ohio, as well as the very important North Carolina, a state that will play a decisive role tonight. This is we watch the Senate. Re- All right, let's go back to CNN here, see what's going on. 5,186,000. Right. If you round it up, they're still do they're still doing 2016. They're still reliving the memories of 2016 here. Everywhere in the state, the president probably needs to exceed his numbers from four years ago, especially in the smaller, more rural places, uh, to match. If the Democratic numbers are up as well, and now since we've been waiting here, we get Hillsborough County here, and this is Tampa. So this is a this is a big county. The double whammy here of Hillsborough and Pinellas. That's the signal about the suburbs right here, right? And so you look at this. It's the fourth largest county in the state of Florida. Democrats can run it up here. It gives you a cushion, right? If the, but before we go uh, to Hillsborough and Tampa, take a look uh, at the state right now because the gap uh, between uh, Trump and Biden keep, uh, seems to be narrowing pretty significantly right now. Trump is at 50.9%. Biden's at 48.2%. Trump is ahead by some almost 65,000 votes. 64,157. And again, welcome to the roller coaster that is Florida. That's why it's so fun. I just want to come in here and take a look. <laughs> And then you go back in time here again, uh, 51. So in, in, if this holds, and it's a big if, Hillary Clinton at 51, Joe Biden at 55, if that's what, that's exactly what Joe Biden needs to do. Run a little stronger than Hillary Clinton. Run, if he Take can, a look if at he the state. Run. I've got to be honest here. Like, earlier this morning, my time, like this afternoon, this evening, your time, uh, while I was prepping for the show and I was watching different streams and reading a few articles and stuff. We'll, we'll probably take a quick five-minute break after this and then come back. Don't forget, winning TV at 8 o'clock. Um, I was watching it and my wife came in and she's she was on her way to work and she's like, so is he is is Trump going to win? And I'm like, uh. I said, I think he might eke it out. Like, I th- you know, I've been honest with you this whole time. I've put Trump on 278 electoral college votes. That's my... That's my dick on the block kind of thing, right? And, you know, elections are like that. Predictions are like that. Who fucking knows? And I'm like, eh, I think he might eke it out. 
Um, but it really depends on a couple of states. And she didn't really say anything. She was just kind of watching the TV. And I said, look, I think, and I don't know how many people are willing to admit this or not, but <laughs> I think there's a difference here. Joe Biden is a mumbling, drooling, senile fool. Nobody denies that. But the difference between him and Hillary Clinton in 2016 is not nothing to do with Trump. Let's just compare Biden with Clinton. Clinton was wholly unlikable as a person, right? Now, Biden isn't the same, I don't think, in that way. He, he's a fool, he's, he's senile, he mumbles, he dribbles, he tells these weird stories, he makes things up, all of that stuff. But he doesn't have that sheer unlikability that Hillary Clinton had. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Do you agree or not? Hillary Clinton had a, you know, a distasteful aura about her. Everybody fucking hated her. And Biden, you know, people make fun of him more. Um, a lot of people probably hate him too, but not in the same way that they hate Clinton. And that might be a difference here. That might change things. Because Hillary is by far, you know, the, the probably the most unpopular Democrat candidate of the last 40 years. And Joe Biden, for all of his shortcomings, I don't think is anywhere near as unlikable as Hillary Clinton was, if you follow what I'm saying. You know, he doesn't stir up that emotion like, oh, I fucking hate this guy. You know, he's more of like a drunk uncle at a barbecue. It's like, oh, there goes old Joe again. There goes crazy Joe rambling about the fucking green mile in the swimming pool. But people detested Clinton, you know? It was, it was visceral. Half of the Democrats hated her. So, you know, if they're talking about like 3 and 4% little advantages that Joe Biden has around the edges and in different counties and stuff, that would make sense to me. If 3, 4, 5% of Democrats came out to vote for Joe Biden where they didn't vote for Clinton in 2016 because they probably hated Clinton's guts far more than they think Joe Biden is a bit of a clown. So... With that, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, I've got a couple of more special little items for you. We'll keep a track of uh, the counts as they start coming in and looking at the exit polls and stuff. I'll still keep scanning my monitors here. But we will take a quick five-minute break here on this Tuesday night special pre-count, pre-game review, wrap-up, whatever you want to call it. Let's call it the Green Mile edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Stay tuned. Join me, Rusty the Iceman, 
Sunday nights, 10.30, Standard Eastern Time, on Twitch, Twitter, Periscope, and Facebook. Do you like your novelty comedy songs organic? Handmade with painstaking care, put into every note. Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later. Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week, so check it out. Idiot Boogie Bumper. Idiot Boogie Bumper. Idiot Boogie really giving that one a workout. Come on. <laughs> DLive.tv slash JJ Stone. And we love JJ here on the show. The world is a terrible place, full of terrible people doing terrible things. Thankfully, there's a weekly live stream that doesn't sugarcoat it for you. Join Major Tom Saturdays at 10 p.m. for the Big Empty. That's Major underscore Tom on DLive. Make sure to use zeros for O's because your life really is that hard. Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise censored, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the port. I can't, I can't play the ad break all the way over again. God, that was terrible. That was a fuck up. Uh, I just thought I'd throw up there because I, I was watching the screen. I was like, oh, shit, look at that. So what? 52% is counted already in Florida, apparently, and they've got Biden four points up. Four points up. Last Democrat to carry the state. That was back in 1992. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Yeah, it's one of those shows. It's one of those shows. Five points. Tonight, the Biden campaign thinks they can win the state back, sending former President Obama to stump there yesterday, trying to fire up the base. Black voters traditionally backed the Democrat candidate, and today is no different. In Georgia, they are coming out strong for Biden. Also working for Biden, newcomers to Georgia. More than half of voters who've lived in the state five years or less <laughs> are in his corner, but... 
President Trump, plenty of fans there in Georgia, too. Seniors, a group that many thought the president was losing over coronavirus, they're actually breaking for President Trump in Georgia and conservative Christians. Despite criticisms of the president's name calling and insults, white evangelical voters are solidly behind the president. This year has been for many people all about the pandemic. In April, after he yeah. urged states to reopen, Sinister Charlie in the chat, 4%. Yeah, I, I don't get too excited about 4%, 10%, 15%. But when. What, 52% came up? It's more important. Yeah, look, 52% for Florida. And it's but it's four points ahead. Limit further damage to the economy. But they still have to go through. I imagine they still have to go through the panhandle, right? So I don't know. Is four points ahead at this point when you get like Miami and Orlando and Tampa and stuff? Is four points ahead enough to carry the whole rest of the state because you know the whole rest heading up to the south like heading up to georgia and stuff is going to be red as fuck so a sex scandal forced i'm not sure if that's Cal enough right? to go on the defensive that very same day republican tom tillis the current incumbent was diagnosed with coronavirus so coronavirus scrambling ever since cunningham was probably not going to win over north carolina's white evangelical voters and this scandal certainly did not help they are backing tillis by more than 60 points at the same time, voters who say the pandemic is the most important issue facing the country, they favor the Democrat by almost 50 <laughs> We can points. count on Uncle Ben this in panhandle, Kitty V. decide control of the Senate. So we asked voters, was the party that controls the Senate important to your vote? Almost half said that was the single most important factor to their vote in this race. And those voters are split down the middle. So it doesn't get any closer than that. We will continue to crunch the data. But for now, back to you guys. Okay, Shannon, thank you. Right, thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Shannon. All right, I've got a couple of little items here that I'd like to share with you, which I thought might be fun. Um, where is my... That's better. A couple of little items here, which I thought you may enjoy. Both from the same source, incidentally. Michael Smirk Cornish on CNN, ladies and gentlemen. Now, around this time, you will always get this kind of stuff, right? You'll get the professor who's predicted every election result since 1905, 1904. This professor is never wrong. He's never wrong. You can go to the, you can go, to, you can mortgage your house on this guy's fucking predictions. He's that good. You know, these kinds of personalities always come out at every election and say how they've never been wrong and everything's perfect and blah, 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 blah. You know, an octopus, there's an octopus in a small town of Germany when presented with two plaques, one with Biden and one with Trump, slowly swam over to the Trump one and injected ink into it. You know what I mean? So th these things always happen at every election. So I've got two for you from the same source, from the same host here, Michael Smear Cornish. Now, here's the first one for you. This, here's the first one for you, which is kind of fun. Professor who's been right about every election since 1984 reveals his 2020 prediction. He predicted Joe Biden in this election. But then he started laying on some caveats. Then he started saying, look, I'm predicting a Joe Biden victory here. Uh, there's a whole bunch of reasons why Donald Trump will lose, but it's not certain. And then he laid out his reasons for why he thinks it's not certain, even though he just said it is. What's going to turn out, but you look at the internals of these polls, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, you can certainly see a potential path to victory in Georgia for Biden. This is, hit a break, this is the problem when you have more than one screen quick. going um, at one time. Just look, looking at the percentage of, of men and women voters 
In Georgia, as Chris suggested, women 53% of the electorate, men 46, Virginia 54, 46 women, South Carolina 55, 45 women, Indiana 52, 47 women. So if they, if they are the, across the country, if they are the large, significantly larger cohort of voters, that's going to tell us something about the outcome because women uh, have had a lot of trouble with Donald Trump. <laughs> imagine, if, imagine if the women outvote you. Oh, God. Then if, I'm sorry, if, if the women outvote the men and Joe Biden wins and I see men blaming women, I'm going to have to fucking laugh at you mercilessly. It's like, come on, come on. You can't blame the women because they went out and voted. <laughs> what the fuck were you doing? Get off your ass, boys. What the hell is going on? You cannot blame the women for them outvoting you. You know, can't you give us some chores or something to take care of? Can't you give us some busy work at the home? Keep her in the house? Use your fucking imagination. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to our clip here, which I'm sure you're going to appreciate. Years ago, he'll be less happy to hear that Professor Alan Lickman says he's going to lose. The question is this. Is this subject to change? Is this in cement? Have you chiseled it in granite or is it in sand? The keys are in granite. He has seven keys against him. Okay, it takes seven six keys, to predict the loss six of the to, incumbent okay, White following. House party. Yeah, yeah. However, yep. there are two things outside the realm of the keys or any prediction system, Michael, that keep me up at night. Okay, now here's the fun part. What two things do you think that this guy is going to say keep him up at night when it comes to predicting elections? Remember, he hasn't been wrong since 1980. Now, I have seen it, but I'll give you a couple of little hints here, a little bit of metagame pro tips. Note the colour of the jacket and the colour of the tie. Add that into your equation here. <laughs> Pay very close attention to the cleanliness of the house and the haircut on the man. So we've got a, a pastel pink tie which is shimmering in the light as though it was sequined in some way. We've got the beige sports suit jacket. We've got the marble top bench top in the background there. And a hairstyle which speaks for itself. Bill Holmes in the chat. Bill Holmes, ladies and gentlemen. Well done. Yes. You got one of them. White men. <laughs> Yes, one of the things that keeps him up late at night is white men. <laughs> one is voter suppression. Okay. Look, Trump depends on old white guys like me. Can't manufacture. Hey! Trump depends on old white guys like me. Are you sure it's like you? Are you sure he depends on white guys? I know, I know he depends on old white guys, full stop. I don't know if he's, you know, depending on old white guys like you. Necessarily. Necessarily.
manufacture more old white guys. That's the most shrinking part of the electorate. But you can try to make it hard for the rising democratic base of minorities and young people. We heard your earlier speaker who was sowing fear and confusion, but Michael, oh, he never answered confusion. your question about what the Trump administration is doing, if anything, to make this a full and fair vote. Second thing that keeps me up at night is Russian intervention. And just like that, a glittering political analysis career went crashing into the toilet. Just like that. Just like that, it was all over for the good professor. So I got to cue the Curb Your Enthusiasm music. And yes, the Russians. <laughs> all right. So that's one guy. We got it. Don't worry. We got another one. And now this guy, uh, he's his his successful predictions only go back to 2016. But the difference here is Russian collusion doesn't keep this particular pundit up at night. Okay, this particular pundit isn't concerned with the, you know, the needs or otherwise of old white men. This particular pundit is picking Donald Trump as the winner. So I'm con- I'm I'm sure you can imagine the fair and balanced treatment that he will receive at the hands of CNN, considering that he's giving this prediction in the opposite direction of the professor we just watched, who was allowed to ramble on about white men and Russia. <laughs> Let's have a look at the difference. Get it right last time. Joining me now is chief pollster of the Trafalgar Group, Robert Kahaley. Robert, people want to know if you're... Can I just say, I'm so happy to see the bow tie make a return. I've missed it. The bow tie for us libertarians is kind of like the mating sign in the wild. It's kind of like the mating call of the chimpanzee. You know, if you're a libertarian-minded person like myself, when you see a bow tie, you're like, that's one of my homies. I know, I know. I know we're cool. Tucker used to wear the bow tie. He used to, but he doesn't anymore. He should bring it back. Maybe maybe when he gets fired off Fox News, he'll bring back the bow tie. He should. It's part of him. It's part of who he is. It's so important. The broken clock of pollsters. You know, you get it right twice a day by accident or whether you know something. <laughs> you smarmy, baldy-headed little cunt. <laughs> The last guy we were lavishing praise on. Is it set in stone? Is it carved in granite? Is it written in sand? Oh, tell us, exalted leader of the polling community. Tell us, why does your wisdom lead you to the conclusion that Joe Biden is going to smite thine evil upon this nation? Oh, my goodness. Tell us why you believe the things. Fill me with your wisdom, sir. I need to know more. How does he come up with it? But this poor guy, this guy, he predicts Trump, so he gets the, are you the broken clock of pollsters? (laughs) You smarmy, shit-eating, grinned, 
little cunt. <laughs> right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. A smack across the face for our bow tie friend here. So how does your methodology differ from the rest? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, good to be here. Now, what I think you're finding is these guys are making pot shots, but clearly the fellow from the Washington Post hadn't done his research because he said we got one election right. He didn't uh, run through the statistic of 92.6 of the time our calls are right. Ooh. He just unzipped his fly. The bow tie donning, the bow tie donning polling master just unzipped his fly. You're, you're about to get it, son. Now you're going to swallow what I give you to swallow. That's a statistic that the Washington Post can get nowhere near in their polling. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, what they're, what they're pointing to is that they, they... All of a sudden, the smarmy, baldy-headed little cunt looks a little less smarmy, doesn't he? All of a sudden. <laughs> See, this is the thing. Two pollsters, two independent pollsters, two pollsters with apparently tremendous records, which is very, very, very difficult to to have, right? In you know, especially in this modern age, there's so many new factors, and they don't poll people who are you know unregistered voters and all that kind of stuff. It's so hard to track polling now. The population is so much bigger. I mean, you know, a good chunk of them don't even speak the native language. Like it's it's tough, right? It's a tough gig now, and there's so much scrutiny on it because all of the news agencies treat the polls like it's gospel, and they're constantly referring to the polls, polling, polling data, polling data, polling data, polling data. So the pressure is on in that industry. I don't envy them at all. But so you have two people, both with immaculate records, which is rare. One predicts Biden. The other one predicts Trump. And the one who predicts Biden gets the red carpet rolled out to him. He gets massaged behind the ear before he goes live. Gets told what a great guy he is. Tell us more. Fill us with your wisdom. <laughs> and this guy gets come, comes out of the gates. He gets smacked across the face. Gets called the, bo- the broken clock of polling. <laughs> he, he's forced into being combative. Before he's even uttered a word, he's already forced into being combative to defend himself. That's what they do. It's it's those little unwritten metagame things that never show up in when somebody does one of those idiotic reports on the internet about like, oh, is CNN biased or not? And they'll say CNN isn't biased because how are they assessing bias? They'll assess bias by people saying we hate Donald Trump and they'll say that's evidence of bias. They won't say that that right there is evidence of bias. Because it either doesn't register or they're dishonest. You decide which one. But clearly you have two guys, two professionals in the same industry. One predicts Biden, the other one predicts Trump. One gets the Rolls-Royce treatment, gets hors d'oeuvres served and the red carpet. The other, the other guy gets smacked around the face before he's even opened his fucking mouth. The broken clock of polling. They think that our methodology, because it's different, is wrong. And first of all, we believe that people aren't honest with pollsters. We don't think that's wrong. We think that's mo- the modern world. Uh, it's called the social desirability bias. It's been around for a while. Uh, it was in play in 2016. Shy Trump voters, you've heard this theory. Uh, and it was certainly in play in the governor's race in Florida last year. And that's why they all got it wrong again. So 
it's really great that they have such strong opinions, but you know, facts do matter. And if a broken clock is right twice a day, then uh, you got to consider we've been right so many times that, that uh, it's a much it's a group of different broken clocks apparently. So the he's not the best speaker. <laughs> Granted, the social desirability issue. It's probably why he's really good with numbers. Fifty-two st- Yeah, leave a table. Yeah, yeah, leave a table. Fifty-two cards, cards, cards. Three hundred and sixty-four matches. Yeah. that you explain others called the Bradley effect. I remember that race back in the nineteen eighties against George Duke Majin. You essentially say, look, people are lying. They're they're lying to pollsters. Well, then how are you able to get their real feelings and emotions where others cannot? First and foremost, we give, we do get greater sense of anonymity. The more anonymous someone is, the more honest they are. So the absolute worst way to poll these people is a live call where you have a live person asking someone whether they support Trump. Makes makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. Of course, the Washington Post knows better with all of their successful predictions over the last few years. Everybody in your audience, everyone you know, you can think of at least a few people that support Trump that don't want to share it with anybody. Now assume they get a polling call. You think they're saying they vote for Trump? Well, now just understand that that is a national effect and people are hesitant. Now, if they get a call that they feel like, hey, this is anonymous, I can make my feelings known, then you're much more likely to get a real answer. It's kind of like the social media account that you put your pictures of your family and your kids on and then the one that people have that they kind of troll others on. That's... <laughs> Twitter.com slash at Boogie Bumper. Uh, let's check in here. We've got some more stuff coming in. Before we go to Phil D'Angelo in about 20 minutes, ladies and gentlemen, DLive.TV slash winning TV. So at least the folks I talked to were too close to call. More coming up shortly. There There's another go. one. Campbell County votes cast. Let's go back here. Voters there. White... We're going to go during the bit. commercial. This is razor tight four years ago. We'll see how this breaks down. Again, more vote to be counted uh, in Jackson. As you see that right? Oh, there it is. Uh, just then, uh, that county right there from 2016 was red. Pop up here to Georgia. Uh, we talked about the counties to watch east of the Mississippi River. Uh, I know Brent and Martha, we've talked about this before. This is Atlanta right here in the surrounding counties. Uh, this is Fulton County, sort of this bottle shape here. This is Cobb County. And the reason I'm focused on that is because uh, there are suburban voters there, white voters, some African-American too. It's going to get a measure as to whether or not Donald Trump is hurting with suburban voters. Uh, there's uh, only about half of the vote in here in uh, Cobb County, Georgia from 2016. It was it was pretty close. You know, Hillary Clinton, about two, 2.5 uh, votes there. So we'll see whether or not the president can cut that gap and uh, cut that margin here throughout the night. You guys also mentioned that Ohio closed a moment ago. Let me tip, uh, go to the Buckeye State. We'll see what's happening here. Well, that's what you got. All right. There's not a lot of data coming in from Ohio. Part of the reason that could be uh, state law allows this total advance early 3.4 million early votes cast, but they could not start processing them in Ohio until today. And right now they're doing the tabulation. We are told in Ohio that the first vote that will be given to us will be the in-person vote as of today. Uh, and then after that, we'll see the ballots that were cast prior to Election Day. A lot of these states, they have different laws. They have different rules. And no. they can look we'll at... We'll bounce around and we'll follow the laws. Back. Right, I'm going to check in with CBS here. 
Data Firm. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, as we mentioned, more than 100 million ballots were cast before Election Day. And you also tweeted earlier that God, a majority so, of votes... It's like the, CBS is like, it's like they're on Valium all the time, isn't it? votes going to play this year. It's, it's, Valley, it's a mixture of Valium and fucking no, Botox on CBS. It's been a Herculean effort seven months Look, ago. Look, both of these women, neither of their faces move. ...run an election amid a pandemic... Um, Her so lips are barely moved. She's either a ventriloquist or full of fucking sedatives. I don't know. You decide. And expanded early voting. <laughs> we um, we did read that story last night about people who were so upset in 2016. They don't want to be alone. They're very sad. They've been preparing emotionally for this. In Georgia, you, know, you can expect that any as much as 80 uh, percent or more in some of those states, uh, voters will have cast their ballots prior to Election Day to the point where this notion of election. How about that? 2020 early votes make up more than 73% of total votes counted in 2016. In Texas, it, it may be 85%. In Florida, 85% who cast their ballots That's That is staggering. Really, we've had more of an election month than an election day. That is staggering. And, it'll, you know, and because each of these states count differently, it will also change... Oh, God, it's just going to... It's going to be such a shit show, guys. It really is. Day voters, talk to us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so historically, when mail voting was just a small minority of the vote in, in most states, um, except for the states that have moved to a more... Oh, sorry, I've missed, I've missed system, diamonds. Fuck. In most states, it was very small. In Pennsylvania... Oh, no, I've missed so many diamonds. For, for uh, winning TV. The MSM can only call elections, yes. Uh, ben K. Veritas with Diamond. Uh, have you been there, my... Th my th uh, have you seen my stapler? Have you seen my stapler? <laughs> Coffee talk with Sandra. Fuck Fox. And Coffee Talk with Sandra needs some joy. Uh, it's not looking too joyful at the moment. When, it is when early. When expanded though. this year, you know, earlier when we started tracking it kind of in July, you know, June and July, of those who are planning to vote by mail or absentee, depending on how it's classified in their state, there's, there wasn't that big of a Let's partisan gap in some. Let's go back to this one, shall we? He needs these numbers to offset the following. This is Philadelphia down here. This is Pittsburgh and Allegheny County. Yay. Philadelphia clocked in 560,000 <laughs> votes for Hillary Clinton 2016. So you got to offset it in the countryside if you're going to overcome that in the city of Philadelphia. All right, you do that better than anybody. Hang so on, we're let's go back. back. I want to say more about PA. Let's go back. You, th you think about Ashtabula and Trumbull and Mahoning. That runs right along the Pennsylvania border. Who are these voters? They're I miss Sandra's Ganey as well. Uh, what the fuck? Workers. Uh, they've been voting oh, Democratic Oh, yeah, it was a Ganey. Pardon me. Fuck. And in 2016, Holy shit. Look what they did. They flipped. Uh, <laughs> Holy these shit. Are, these are significant places. I'll just Biden it. Holy shit. I remember I was doing a live stream there and... Uh, I was working at the uh, local swimming pool. It was a country club pool. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, it was a very important time. It was like an education for me. And uh, I remember I was playing ball down there with some tremendous black athletes. They were my friends. I didn't know them, uh, but they were my friends. I, but I didn't really know them. And uh, I remember I was sitting in a church one day, and we were talking about things like, uh, you know, desegregating the, uh, the uh, movie cinemas down there. Some 50,000. Thank you for the Ninja Gaiti. 61,000 uh, raw votes there from 2016. But you pop around here and you look at his margins 76.8, 68.5, 80% in some of these counties. He needs these numbers to offset the following. This is Philadelphia down here. This is Pittsburgh and Allegheny County. Philadelphia 
clocked in 560,000 votes for Hillary Clinton in 2016. So you got to offset it in the countryside if you're going to overcome that in the city of Philadelphia. Well, I mean, you know, I've, I've, I haven't got much time here, and I might get out of here in the next five minutes or so. But if, if that swing in Florida with 52% counted is anything to go by, then it's not looking good. <laughs> but again, um, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really, I don't, I don't know. I can't remember from, cause I remember, remember Florida was like one of the last ones they called in 2016 as well. I'm not sure if you remember that or not. They really hung out Florida all fucking night. And like, I think the West Coast states were in before Florida was in. So, but it's all about the panhandle, isn't it? Like Miami, Tampa, Orlando, blah, blah, blah. Like the big city centers, you expect Democrats to win those. So at the moment, uh, well, see, now it's already shortened. So it's 77% and now it's shortened from five points to one and a half. I don't know if you just saw it on the screen there. So as they work their way up, you know, towards the panhandle, will there be enough votes there for Trump to overcome the losses that he's going to have in those big city centers, right? And, you know, I said before, I don't know if 5% is good enough or not, but it's already been cut to 1.5%. So I don't know, you decide, right? Uh, for Mitch McConnell, a lot of people thought this was the one. This is the one that's going to go down. McConnell was and never gonna McConnell going to lose, let's be honest. McConnell lose to Amy McGrath, but it's it's not going to be. You have to say, I, I look, I think that she raised $100 million. McConnell was never going to lose. Uh, Lindsey Graham, on the other hand, I'm not so sure. Campaign finance reform because they raised this much money, but he, he took it seriously, especially early on. But I think that you have to look at the Democrats and say, for Chuck Schumer, the candidate recruitment in that race. Trump obviously needs to hold Florida. But if it's not a big win, yeah, Loomer isn't winning in her seat. Ah, come on. Amy Coney Barrett, and she's a very popular person um, across America. The other thing is that we, you called West Virginia for Shelley Moore Capito. Um, she was the first woman to represent West Virginia in the Senate, and she will be returning there for another six years. Um, I think when it comes to candidate recruitment, when you look at Mitch McConnell, what he was able to do versus what Chuck Schumer was able to do, even though... Lou Frigno says the red counties always take longer than the blue ones in Florida. Like, do they put them in, like, a coffee tin or something and bring them down on the back of a gator? And, uh, to the conversation here, it makes me think about South Carolina about Lindsey Graham's race against Jamie Harrison. Lindsey go. Graham also probably got a bit of a lift from the judiciary hearing, which he ran as the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Judiciary. Uh, as we look ahead to, to that race. Which I'm sure they're all taking the occasional shot from time to time well, again, when the cameras are off. Me, I don't see that race, that you know, the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett necessarily driving votes. I think it is an accomplishment for Mitch McConnell, clearly. But I think that what you, when you look at that, it's the right, I want to check in with CNN. Turning out Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub. It's not Christy. a political statement. Uh. It's a mask. <laughs> this is CNN. More what timing we got there. Sensational. This is not a political statement. Wear the damn mask. I've got to say, too, like, I'm not even necessarily an anti-mask guy. Uh, you know you know me by now. I'm kind of like, if you want to wear one, wear one. If you don't want to wear one, don't wear one. I don't really care, you know. Um, wear whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I've, I've said from the beginning, if you don't like wearing a mask and somebody's making you wear a mask, 
just put on the front of your mask, your mother is a whore, right? So you walk into a shop, if you're an anti-mask guy, but you need to get the groceries or you need to meet your friend for coffee or you need to meet that hot girl from accounting for a drink after work and you walk into the place and somebody says, "Uh, excuse me, sir, we require that a mask be worn in our establishment as mandated, blah, blah, blah. Just go, yeah, yeah, no worries, man. And pull out your mask and just have your mother is a whore written on it. Have a little fun with it. So, you know, I'm I'm not really an anti-mask guy, but in saying that, the reason I say that was because I was watching footage before at polling stations, you know, at, at booths, and seeing the lineup of people out the front waiting to get in to, to do their vote. And there was something, I, I, I don't know what it was, but there was just something depressing about seeing all of these people lining up wearing a mask. You know what I mean? There was something about it that just like, oh, it, it just looked so sad. It looked drab and dreary and like something out of a science fiction movie. All of these people, like, like as though they were lining up to get into a tent, you know, to escape zombies or something. It was fucking, it was just bizarre. Everything about this election season is bizarre, let's be honest. The campaign is bizarre. Coronavirus is bizarre. The media is beyond bizarre. That Joe Biden interview we played in the first hour of the show, that's arguably the most bizarre thing to come out of 2020. I'm putting, I'm putting my hand up. I'm, I'm staking my claim on that one. That is by far the most bizarre thing that I've seen this year. Amongst everything, that's a big call, but I'm sticking by it. That interview was, Jesus Christ, intergalactic, next level. So there's a lot of bizarre you know, nature swirling around this election. But just seeing the images of those people lining up, waiting to vote, wearing the fucking masks, that was just like, that was like the last kick in the guts. That was like the last prick in the balloon. You know what I mean? It's like, man, that's depressing. But maybe it's just me. I don't know. 18% 18% of the estimated vote is in. Biden has a lead, an impressive lead of 347,000 right now, uh, 64.4% to 34.5% in Ohio, 18 electoral votes. What's going to be interesting for me, right? And let's see, because I'll be off in the next five minutes or so and, you know, jump on Winning TV, dlive.tv slash Winning TV. Uh, he's going to be picking this up in a few minutes. Shout out to Phil D'Angelo. Here's a final thought that I want to leave you with, right, tonight. Consider this. For the last three months, we have been tracking on this program the corporate media soft preparing, soft selling you the idea that nobody's going to know the results on election night, right? How many times have you heard it? It's going to be, it's going to be a long, drawn-out process. We won't know. We won't understand. There's too many mail-in ballots. We can't possibly know how many people. We can, we've got to count all the votes. That's what you've been told for months and months and months and months. They have literally told you, what you see on election night, do not believe it. Now, here's the kicker, right? What if Joe Biden's in front? <laughs> yeah? Are you following me here? Are you with me here? What happens if Joe Biden's leading on election night? Will they stick to the story? Press one in the chat if you think they will stick to the story that you can't possibly know the result on election night. Press two in the chat if you think within the space of an hour or two, 
they will completely reverse that position and pretend like it never existed and start calling the election for Biden. Press one in the chat if you think they will be principled and say, no, no, we've been telling you for months, you can't know the results on election night. Don't, don't get, you know, don't get ahead of yourselves. If Joe Biden's leading, press, press two in the chat if you think that they will completely reverse that position and pretend like it never happened and start calling it for Joe Biden. <laughs> it's, it's wall-to-wall twos. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. That's what I would say. That's what I would do too. I would vote too. Because the corporate media are scurrilous, scum-sucking, deceitful pigs. And yes, I use the word scurrilous. I must be I must have been watching too many Joe Biden clips this week. Scurrilous. Of course they will reverse that position. Of course they'll call it for Joe Biden if they can. They'll be chomping at the bit. So, uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, let's have one more quick check-in here. The county hold the suburbs to the west of Cleveland. Uh, that's part of the building blocks. At least get you close. Now, as you see, as we go through this, some more of the middle of the state is filling in. These are smaller counties. There's not a lot of people here. But let's pop them out. This is where the president runs it up. Right. He doubles your vote, essentially. And so the challenge for Biden, if, if that f- fills in and we'll watch turnout, we'll see if the Trump voters come out in those places is he has to in all of the urban centers, Franklin County. That's a good number. It's not just Columbus. Huge suburbs around it. Columbus has been Democratic a long time. The suburbs used to be more Republican. So you get a more competitive county. You see that, right? That's about half of the vote. Seventy six percent. You come back in time. Sixty, sixty one percent for Hillary Clinton. Th- that's how those are, those are the building blocks for Joe Biden. Win in the cities. A lot of that's the Democratic base. In Columbus, it's the capital of the state. It's unions. It's African-Americans. It's turnout. But then when you get out here, away from it, you have to win the suburbs. And that has been the challenge. President Trump has lost the suburbs. Let's come down here to Hamilton County. Used to be a Republican county. It's becoming more of a Clinton county. I mean, more of a Democratic county. We have no votes there yet. You saw how Hillary Clinton carried it. It's also a House district in the Cincinnati suburbs as well. One of the House districts, Democrats are trying to expand their majority. So it's a you know, John, Ohio. I want to go back to Florida because it's essentially tied right now. Let's take a look uh, at, ah, at Florida so there you right go. now. So that's what we were talking. Look, look at the red going in, up the pan. There's only a 2,000 vote but, separation. Uh, Biden has had by 2,033 votes. Uh, that's uh, incredible. I was just going to say, some people at home who have a partisan stake in this will be throwing things at the television. But this is why this is fun. <laughs> I mean, this. This is Trump has just gone ahead yeah, right. by 18,000 votes. Now, Trump now Trump's ahead in Florida. So there you go. 4. 6, 4. We're talking, we're so we were, we were able to get the one, you know, the one state. We, we made one call right tonight. Not bad for a fucking foreigner. I said, you know, by the time they get up to the panhandle, is 4 or 5% going to be enough? I don't know. I don't know if that's enough. I don't know. Uh, you know what? I won't say I called it because I was sitting on the fence so hard that a splinter went up my ass and came out my eyeball. That's how far I was jammed up on that paling. So to be fair, you know, <laughs> we didn't quite nail it, but whatever. Uh, so it looks like once you get up around the panhandle and toward Pensacola and stuff like that, it's obviously going to go deep, deep, deep red. But if those swings are anything to go by, if they hold and it's very, very early days, then it's probably not looking as good for Trump 
as a lot of people may have suspected. Like I said, I in July, I, I put out my election map. I had it at 278 for Trump, but I'm still watching Pennsylvania. It all depends on Pennsylvania. And if Pennsylvania doesn't come in for Trump, then I think it's going to be a very, 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 very long night. So uh, enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. With that, I'm going to get out of here. Thank you so much for joining us on this special Tuesday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Don't forget to follow our friend, our bromosexual, Phil D'Angelo, who will be going live any minute now if he's not already. DLive.tv slash winning t- uh, DLive.tv slash winning underscore TV. And Phil has assured me he's going all through the night and in the subsequent weeks without taking a break to make sure he gets the results to you. The Patriots. So, uh, check out Phil. That's it from me. I'm, I'm going to open the chest right now. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to boast about the result in any way, shape, or form, then you can do so by following me on Twitter, at boogiebumper. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.